Here we are again with Below Average Gaming. We're running back part two of our, you know, our favorite game on every console series here. You know, peek behind the curtain here. I can neither confirm nor deny how far apart we recorded this from the first episode. <laughs> but so we left off finishing off with GameCube, to which I gave my lame answer and you made me want to play Pikmin really bad. So I figure I want you to do yours for DS because DS to me is really a, uh, you know, kind of a missing link. Like both DS consoles aren't like something I played a ton of. So I want yeah, you to so go first. It's fine. I have I have the Nintendo handhelds. You have the PlayStation handhelds. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. I literally have them on my desk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, DS was, DS was actually kind of hard because I played a lot of games on DS and I think the issue with DS is a lot of games don't stand out. Like with, with kind of just mobile gaming in general, I feel like a lot of mobile gaming is there, but doesn't wow you or not mobile, but handheld or like you play something on handheld and like, it's good. Like it's a good game, but it doesn't blow you out of the water just because of the limitations of handheld. And, like, this is a little bit different because, like, when you saw the original handhelds come out, they kind of were different games to what you play on a console. Whereas in, like, this kind of nature with the newer ones, they were too similar to console and to me wound up just feeling like inferior console games, if that makes sense. That does. So I actually, I have two answers for Nintendo DS. One is probably an expected answer that you would expect to hear from me and someone listening might expect to hear off of what I've said. And the other one is a little bit of like what I would call my runner up. So the runner up is Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. I have no idea what this is. This is um, uh, in the kind of Mario, but like RPG type. Mm -hmm. Um, So... It's just, it's an RPG with Mario and Luigi where it's like a turn-based strategy game. And again, it's like, it's not great, but it's something that like, as far as DS games go, I just enjoyed a ton. Like it was a ton of fun. Um, but then my number one is with the, uh, the extreme dichotomy we got with Legend of Zelda games on this console, because there is one that's good and one that's utter garbage. Okay, what's so garbage? My favorite the Spirit Tracks. Spirit Tracks just sucks. I've never heard of it, so that's it's probably Spirit why. Spirit Tracks just isn't good. <laughs> For some reason, you were like running a train and that was the primary mechanic of this Zelda game. That sounds awful. Um yeah, Spirit Tracks wasn't very good, but Phantom Hourglass was just really good. It was, in my opinion, like the best thing on the console. I don't think it does anything when compared with other Zelda games. Like, I don't think it beats out Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask or Wind Waker or any of those. It's just, it's a good game. And DS was kind of hard because, like, when, when these mobile, when these handhelds were just trying to imitate, like, actual consoles, they didn't feel that great. It's the same thing why, like, I've had a lot of issue with, like, I don't like playing my Switch in handheld mode. Because yeah. I just prefer playing on a screen. Like, even if it's just a computer monitor, which is what I do most of my gaming on, even, like, Switch stuff, it's just, like, I would rather play on a screen than on something in my hands. And especially with mobile gaming, because now, like, a phone... Like, my phone is probably more powerful than my Switch is. 
Yeah. Like it's really hard for mobile gaming. So like it doesn't it's not like it's blew my mind. It's not like it was completely incredible, but it's like probably the best game on that console. So now my pick though is something I I would pay you like hundreds of dollars if you had ever even like played this game. You might have heard of it. It's a cult classic. It's a visual novel. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. What did you just say to me? This is the visual novel lawyer game. A, a classic. These games have been around for a little while now. They've been re-released on like several consoles. DS, 3DS, Switch. I think there's even a port coming to like another system now. I think you can get them on PC too. These games are a treasure. A treasure. There's countless memes made about these games. And it's just... They're so fun. Because you're legitimately like a trial lawyer. Trying to like solve a case... But there's also like a good amount of campiness to it and like fun. Uh, this is the only this is the first time I played Phoenix Wright games was on DS. And I, I love them. Like if, if you like visual novels, if you've played something like Doki Doki Literature Club, even and that's like your only experience, I would still suggest Phoenix Wright. Like visual novels obviously get like a bad rap because there are some really bad, creepy, not OK ones out there. And like, you know, I understand that I don't I'm not endorsing those ones, but I'm endorsing Phoenix Wright. This series is a cult classic for a reason. This is probably one of the most cult classic games out there that I still don't think enough people have played. So I, I highly suggest these from analyzing evidence to cross, you know, referencing witnesses and everything. It's so fun. Just pure joy playing these games. Yeah, for sure. I think that, like, I, I'm going to be 100% honest, the first, like, visual novel game I played was, like, last year. Yeah. And it was Doki Doki Literature Club. And for anyone who hasn't played Doki Doki Literature Club, don't get thrown off by the name. Go play it. It's free. Uh, it's going to, you're going to be like, why the hell am I playing this to start? Game is really good. Yes. Game just has a lot of really interesting stuff. And is a ton of fun. And, like, that game I would suggest to anyone to play. And after my experience with that game, you're like, this is a visual novel. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Like, I might go and try it. Yeah. Sounds sweet. Yeah, it, it's good. And there's a bunch of different editions you get for it. Now, the next one, which I know is a bit of a, uh, a gap for you, but it's something that I hold dear, is the PlayStation Portable, also known as, like, the PSP. Which I think is probably one of the most underrated pieces of gaming hardware out there and actually had some really solid games on it, especially too with giving us the remote play feature that actually worked halfway decent and even being able to play your PSP on your PS3 or using it as another controller. And there are there are some really solid games out there for for PSP, even like the Grand Theft Auto game was oddly really easy to control which I didn't expect. There's a dungeon siege game that was like incredible that I remember playing with my girlfriend at the time. We would both play it and it kind of like got me into more of dungeon crawly games like Diablo. But my pick is purely for where it fills in a series for me. And that's Final Fantasy Crisis Core. 
which is the stuff you didn't get to see when you played Final Fantasy VII. So the whole timeline of the fact that Cloud isn't Cloud and that his memories aren't real and that it's really this guy, Zack. This is the that storyline of Zack from Final Fantasy VII in a game. So you actually get to see what they um, didn't show you in seven that they only hinted at and showed you little pieces of. So it's really cool. And then like you get really drawn into final into this game. And then you like realize, oh, I know how this ends. And you're like, you're walking to your death and you know it when you start playing the game and like you forget. And then by the time you get close to the end of the game, you're like, oh, God, this is it. This is this is the village. It's all over, man. No, I thought it was really good. It's just a very solid turn-based game. It filled in a lot of story. I don't even think it's the objectively best game on PSP. It probably is something like um, Grand Theft Auto. Like It probably is just the better game, technically. But I really liked Crisis Core for what it did. And there's obviously like a game that you think I would be picking here, but I'm still not picking it yet. That comes later. That's totally fair. Uh, if you actually want the Metacritic uh, option, it's God of War. Chains of Olympus. It's fine. Eh. I played it all the way through. You know, just saying. Meh. Yeah, like, I, I've I've never owned a PSP or a PS Vita. Mm. So, like, if I made a decision on this, it would just be made, like, solely on what I know from Proxy. Which, like, again, I just, I feel like this era of, um, of mobile gaming just kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. Or, not mobile, handheld gaming just kind of fell by the wayside. So, like, a lot of the games that are supposed to be really good on PSP, like... I don't even know what they are <laughs> to be yeah. like hundred percent honest, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Which is totally fine. I mean, the problem is, is that PSP is not as kid friendly as a DS is. And the majority of people that are going to be wanting a mobile gaming console are younger to like teenage years. So like I had a PSP in high school and I just used to play it in the hallway all the time. So like, yeah, it hit me at a good spot and to be honest, this is why Nintendo, I think, sells as many consoles as they do, is they're better at reaching a wider audience of people. And Sony, I think, doesn't excel with the kind of games they make, which is usually single-player story-driven games, on a handheld. Because handhelds don't cater to that very well. Which is why Crisis Core, I think, was good. Because it is, like, it's a story-based RPG that somehow managed to actually play really well on the console. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And I think I think that mobile as in phone gaming has kind of made handheld a really hard spot right now. Yeah. Because like if I like I played like in school because lo and behold, I didn't pay attention in school. I played through Pokemon games on an emulator on my phone yeah. and shit like that. And, like, I imagine if that wasn't an option, I would have been more invested in possibly getting a PSP because held do you know I wasn't paying attention? That wasn't an option. Yeah. But, like, I just think because we have, like, our phones, we're like, again, my phone is probably more powerful than a Switch. It's probably also going to be as powerful as a console that comes out. And when you have this kind of middle ground on the PSP and PS Vita, where you're looking at people a little bit older that want something handheld, it's really hard to compete with smartphones right now. Definitely. <laughs> Which is why we've seen, like, handhelds if you want to count them as handhelds, barring the Switch, which I I do think the Switch sold mainly because it's a docked console. I think a lot of people like the upside of it being handheld, but I think most people bought it as a docked console. Yeah. 
I agree with that. I think they bought it because Nintendo has good games for all ages. Yeah, and I don't think, like, my Switch has been undocked maybe twice. Yeah. And I don't think that magically, like, older people, like, people in their, like, 20s or whatever, are going to want to buy a PSP when they either want to do their gaming in a dedicated area, dedicated space, or play on their phone. I just think it's, like, it's a really hard spot to fill. Yeah. Which is, like, why, as I said, I've just never played it. Yeah. So, this next one here, with the 360, I think really ushers in the modern gaming era where we started it. Yeah. It's like 360, Wii, and PlayStation 3. I actually, I, okay, so I want to kind of, before we get into these three, because like 360, Wii, and PS3, all kind of, the, they're like their own generation. Because yeah. you no longer have these like extra like Dreamcast, like Sega consoles and stuff like that. And you you have these big three that are pretty much the only players in gaming now. Yeah. Like, pretty much. And I think that this generation was the best that couch gaming's ever been. Okay. I have a caveat to this. Okay. It is the best couch gaming's ever been led solely by the Xbox 360. Oh, I agree. 100%. I agree. And I think the Xbox 360... And this is the thing where I think that the Xbox One and the PS4 are both better consoles than the previous one. Mm-hmm. On all of their merits, I think that I think that the Xbox One is an upgrade to the P- Xbox 360, and I think that the PS4 is an upgrade to the PS3. The problem is, is Xbox 360 specifically encapsulated this entirely different approach to gaming than we see for out of games nowadays, where all of my memories off of the Xbox 360 are not about the games, but about the experiences around them. Yeah. If that makes sense. So like, sure. we're going to get into Xbox 360. I imagine we're going to have, I, I have a couple of like honorable mentions I want to go into, but I imagine we're going to have pretty similar things because the Xbox 360 didn't have as good of like independent single player story driven games as the PS3 did. Yeah. But it slaughtered it in this other couch gaming sit around hang out and have fun it's the same kind of reason that we always see nintendo consoles do well because nintendo's always been really good at that and i think that this generation of the 360 and the wii just blow everything we've seen to this day out of the water yeah that's why when we hang out in person how many times have we plugged in the xbox 360 to play something yeah because it's still great yeah or like even like playing something on the wii or the wii u yeah, and it's just, I couch gaming feels really kind of dead to me, and I hope that it comes back a little bit more. Like, there's no reason I have a Switch is because I didn't find anything good to play multiplayer on my PlayStation. Like, really? Yeah, and I think like I think like I I've played it like my PlayStation Four, like my PS Four. I love my PS Four. Some of my favorite games of all time are solely on that PS Four for me, but. Playing a PS4 feels more like playing a computer to me mm. than it does feel like play, than it does like an Xbox 360 felt like, and like I want to, and obviously there's COVID right now, and there's like the stuff where like some of the people I used to game with have now moved away because like stuff has come up, but I want to be able to see a console come back where I just want to hang out and play on a couch with people. Yeah, 
Because that's just, like, that is that is one of the best experiences in gaming. And I think that people, like, lose out on that. Because, like, I, I love gaming online. Like, I love playing League and stuff like that. And, like, Destiny and all those different things. But there is something about sitting on a couch together and pulling out your, like, Red Bulls and your Pepsis or your Cokes or whatever the hell you want to drink. It's probably, right now, it's probably, like, water because, you know... You have to, like, tone it down a little bit as you age. But, like, pouring out your bag of chips, ordering some pizza, and sitting there and playing something. Yeah. Right next to each other on a couch. Yeah, it's just... And I just... I I feel like it's missing so much right now. Yeah. And I hope that the PS5 and the Xbox uh, Series X can bring that back a little bit. Because right now, like, the only console that I think I've done that at all on is a Switch. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, barring, like... The only PS4 game I can think of is Overcooked. Which is probably just, like, better to be playing on Switch. It's probably just better to be playing on Switch. Even if, like, if you look at, like, old things, like, on the 360, I used to love, like... Did you ever play, like, split-screen Black Ops Zombies? Yeah, that's, like, that's like a big that part the of the 360. But the games become so much... Like, consoles have become so much about pushing the envelope and, like, looking better and everything like that. Have you tried to play a new call of duty game in split screen in zombies they look like garbage it no it's not even it looks like garbage it doesn't run no it doesn't like um i own like black ops 4 for um i think it's black ops 4 whatever if, I, if the number's wrong i don't really care black ops 4 for <laughs> ps4 i own it on a ps4 pro like top of the line ps4 like the fastest one you can get and playing two player split screen it drops to like 20 frames a second yeah, and it's like that on Xbox too, because I know somebody I know has it. And we tried it, and it's it's just like that. It's just they're not even designed to be couch played anymore, and it's sad. And like, like for, for my perspective, like Xbox 360. Again, we'll get into the games in a second. This is just like something that I actually am really passionate about, and I think is really important. With Xbox 360, when I was a kid, for like my birthday parties, I used to like have. I know, like, birthday parties are kind of weird as an adult. You don't do them as much, but especially <laughs> not now. But, like, I used to have, like, I I had a birthday where I had seven friends over. And we literally set up two TVs on opposite sides of the room and, like, played Halo and shit. And, like, raced Castle Crashers and all these super sweet couch games. And, like, I want to go back where I'm in the position where I have games that I want to play with people. Not I'm looking for games to play with people. Does that make sense? It does. Like, like Xbox 360, like Castle Crashers, for example, a great couch co-op game. Like, I remember oh, yeah. me and a buddy sat there and we made a baking sheet full of vodka jello and just, like, ate it and played Castle Crashers start to finish in one sitting. Like, it took a day, but it was worth it because it was fun. <laughs> I had a group of friends and we pulled an all-nighter with two TVs back-to-back and literally just played four people Castle Crashers on both screens and raced through the games. Uh, See, like, stuff like that's just lost now. Like, and that's just, like, so insane. And, like, that's why going into now actually, like, my games, two of the three games I have listed for Xbox 360 are solely for the multiplayer part of it. Mm. Like, and it's just, like, that's so lost. And, like, even something like Rock Band... Yeah, Guitar Hero and Rock Band Band are amazing. And, like, they're gone. Like, they aren't aren't games anymore. Like, there's no new ones that are going to be coming out. But it's just, like, this experience that I just, like, I think was amazing. And I think this comes from, like, a lot of societal things where, like, people aren't getting together as much. But it's just, it's something I miss, man. 
Yeah, I feel you on that. I miss it too. So getting into 360 then. So I have one game on here with like some slight honorable mention. So I'm going to have you go first then. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to touch my couple of honorable mentions cuz they're like this console just means a lot to me. This console is like if I'm going by like playtime, I have spent more time on this console than anything else on this list. And that's because I bought my first computer around the time that the Xbox One and PS4 came out. So I just like haven't played either of them that much. Even though I own both, I haven't like touched either of them that much because PC gaming is just what I wound up on. And even when I wasn't PC gaming, I wanted to play these couch co-op games with friends. So I wound up on an Xbox anyway. Um, But so for me, like Rock Band is a huge thing for this console. And I get that it's on all of them, but this is the one that I played it on. It's just massive. Um, I want to bring up Battle Block Theater. Mm. Battle Block Theater, for those of you who don't know, it's by the same people who made Castle Crashers. It is a platforming game that is entirely narrated and has a, like an entirely co-op campaign. And the narration and the humor, if you've played Castle Crashers, you know what the studio's humor is. It's hilarious. It's amazing. And it's just a ton of fun. And there's even like a 2v2 like versus mode, like arena, which is just like a ton of fun to sit around and jam out on. And I did want to give Xbox one credit for a non-couch co-op game. Because again... Most of, like, Xbox is this couch co-op games. I actually have two that I want to mention that aren't. Um, one of them is Bioshock. Bioshock is really good. It's a great storyline. It's a great game. It's, like, one of the very few games. And the second game I want to mention is Tom Clancy's End War. Do you know anything about this game? That game was way before its time. This game is just... It is something I have... I, I, to my knowledge, the mechanics of that game don't exist anywhere else. Not that I can think of, now. And the top-down RTS game that is actually operated by voice commands is just, like, feels so cool to play. You feel like you're actually, like, commanding an army. Because it's not, like, drag, dr- drag a box over all these units, highlight them, right-click somewhere else. No, no, no. You, like, hold down your trigger and you're, like... Alpha Bravo, go do this. Like, that's so sweet. Now, that that game is such a cool idea. And I feel like now if you had it with VR, it would be so sick. Yeah. Dude, I want this now. Oh, yeah. So bad. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling that our top game on 360 is going to be the same. So I want you to go through your honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Well, first off is the Gears series. Oh, I totally forgot about Gears. Like, Gears of War <laughs> is just really fun. I feel like they're really good, like, two-person cover shooters. Uh, I've been meaning to try to catch up, and with Game Pass and going to, I'm gonna, I want to really want to keep going through our playthrough of the original games at some point. Uh, that was definitely a big one. The, the Darkness, I have to give a shout-out in here. It's not an exclusive, but I played it on 360. It is still one of my favorite games, despite its aging, like, milk that happened with that game. Uh, another big one for me was Forza. But not for the reason people like Forza. We used to play quote unquote death race with Forza. Well, we would turn damage up all the way. 
to where it affects your car mechanically and then races downhill, like just find downhill tracks and beat the tar out of each other. And it was like trying to struggle to get across the finish line because we intentionally wrecked into each other and would like make cars in such a way that you were better at wrecking the other person's car. It is not the intended way, but that was the great part about like forcing me back then is so you could just like have fun with it. Did you play any um like split screen midnight club? Never. I only played that single player. I'm gonna admit it. Split screen midnight club was just so much fun because I don't like I'm not a huge fan of like the strictly sim racing games. Stuff like Forza or Gran Turismo. Like, they're just, like, not really my jam. I'm much more into, like, Burnout or Midnight Club. But Split Screen Midnight Club was just a ton of fun to just, like, screw around and hang out and do your races. And you're just, like, street racing and you get to watch your friend get T-boned by a semi in front of you. Yeah, see, my... It's just, like, hilarious. My Split Screen Racer game like that was Need for Speed Underground. Yeah. Like, those games or, were um, great. I think this was technically... A PS2 game, but, um, Burnout, what was the one? Well, Burnout Paradise is the one they've remade now, but I think you're yeah, taking the one Paradise, for your- Burnout Paradise isn't ma- it's multiplayer. Ra- is it Rampage? I think it's Rampage. The one that's, like, multiplayer and actually has, like, the dedicated destroy your opponent game mode. Yeah, that- Because that's a feature, and that's just, like, that's some good fun. Oh, I think it's Burnout Revenge. Yes, revenge, revenge, burnout, revenge. There that's we go. What I'm thinking. Yeah, that that's good stuff. But so past my honorable mentions of that kind of stuff, and I know you're going to tell me it's the same engine as Reach, blah blah blah. But Halo Three is still the best Halo game, and it is my favorite from this system. I agree, and I have a very fond memory of. My friend uh, Tyler, Thomas, Pepper, all of us guys release date. An entire trailer full of TVs and 360s. Halo 3 campaign, legendary. Nobody leaves this trailer until it's beaten. And we beat it within a day of the game getting released on legendary. And then I have probably played... I would not doubt it. 500 hours of multiplayer in Halo 3 easily. Oh, easily, easily. That's like, yeah, honestly, probably it's way over. I, I have memories of like seeing good family friends and everything and like literally buying $50 worth of Taco Bell for two people, three cases of Mountain Dew and just just hanging out. Halo 3 is the best multiplayer shooter ever made. No one has ever mastered, I think, the way that the Forge worked in that. I don't think anyone's ever mastered just the way the guns feel in it, movement feels in it, and how fair that game is at all skill levels based on how the game runs. Halo 3 is the best shooter for multiplayer ever, especially for couch stuff, and I just oh, I want cool. it back. Like, I don't know how much you played like online, but I literally have people that I've probably played 150 hours of gaming with and just like talked with and hung out that I've never met in person and have only ever played Halo 3 with. Yeah. Even like even my church group back in the day would get together and play Halo 3. <laughs> like it's just like Halo 3 was everywhere. It's like a game dominated my life for years. Like Halo 3 and like 
Reach is very similar. The reason that Halo 3 is above Reach, even for me, is because Halo 3 was when people were playing it. Mm. So even though you could do all the same things in Reach, it didn't happen as much. Which is why, like, Halo 3 just, like, has to be the game on this console. Like, I've probably played 1,500 different infection modes. Yeah. And, like, Mongoose Racing. And, like, the one where you, like, like Jenga, where you drive warthogs off a cliff and try to knock the person off the top. Yeah, that's And, like, the one where you have, like, the racetrack around the guy with the sniper rifle. And he tries to shoot you as you're racing through. Or, like, even, like... And, like, I think the... The guns in Halo feel so much better than every other shooter, and that's why, like, I find, like, I find COD really boring, personally. Mm. And I think that, um, like, Halo, and I think we see this in Destiny, Bungie just does a really good job of making guns feel good. In, for sure. And, like, Destiny has its issues, and, like, Destiny is not as good as Halo 3 when it comes to multiplayer, but that's mainly out of the fact that they are focusing on the PvE in that game. And, like, the reason that Halo Reach was so much fun is because you had individual options for every single game mode. And you could build your own maps. And all of these things just were there. And, like, I've probably spent more time on custom maps than I have on anything that came with the game. Mm. And, like, that's not a bad thing. That's great. Just, like, I I don't... Everything about Halo was just, like, so good. And it's just, there's so many memories and so much time spent. And the, like, sheer amount of freedom that Bungie gave their player base to be able to just play the game how they wanted is something I wish we saw more. Yeah. Now, the legacy of Halo 3, I hope people never forget that, and I hope we get it back one day. A game that plays that good, that... you know, open for players to just play it how they want. I miss that a lot. Well, like, Halo 3 might actually just be, like, the pinnacle of gaming. Like, actually. Yeah. And, like, it might never happen again. And, like, I know that, like, I didn't put Halo 3 on my top 10 list, but that's because I don't think, I don't think for its, for the game itself, I don't think it has the merits for that. But it's everything that that game did where it just brought people together. And, like, People built mongoose racetracks, and you raced mongooses around. Mm. And there was, like, Ghost Town, where the zombie was invisible but super slow. And all this other things. Like, all these things that you could just do that were just so much fun. And you just played with your friends. And it's just, like, time disappeared. Yeah. And, like, if I had a group of people with access to it that wanted to go back and play, I would go back and hop into custom games in a second. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't even cross my Like, I would go back and play custom games right now. Yeah, game's unmatched. Just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, it, for what it does, it's never been matched. And I think, like... like, I've never been a fan of Call of Duty. I think the new Halos are, like, okay. Like, I don't think they're bad games, but they nothing's ever been able to encompass what Halo 3 and Halo Reach were. Yeah, I agree. So, now, we... This console sucks... That's incorrect. This console sucks. It has some good games on it. But this console can kiss my ass. <laughs> that being said, one of my favorite games is on this console. 
It's not, it didn't make my top 10 list from one of our first episode, but I think this is probably like top 20, top 25 for me on this console. Okay, shoot. New Super Mario Bros. Like the, like this, the base Mario Bros game they made for Wii. Do you not like that game? No, game's awful. I love this game. It's so fun. Okay, now, caveat. I have never played this game through a single player. Me and the girlfriend played this entire game all the way through two player over and over and over again. I actually really love this game for two player because you would do things like bouncing off each other's heads and weird stuff. I have no idea how it plays single player, to be honest. So why do you hate this game so much? I just don't think the game's good. I can't stand it. I I absolutely hate how jumping feels in every single new Mario game. Fair. I hate it. I just, I can't stand it. I can't do it. That That's actually just like, that's the whole story. Like, I just, I open up that game and I'm like, why the hell aren't I playing Mario World? That's like actually just what goes through my head. Like, full stop. There's nothing else to it. Yeah, this was definitely, I think it's here because it's a two-player game and because that's how I played it and enjoyed it was with two people playing it. It's probably why I like it so much. Now, I don't know if we've discussed like the Wii ton. So what's your Wii game? So I mean, I think I think the best like the best game on the Wii is actually just an, a question with like a stone cold answer. What? Like I think there's actually just an answer. But my runner up, which is in this like whole couch gaming type guys, is Mario Party 8. Mario Party 8 is the peak of the Mario Party franchise. It's the best one. It's so good. Like, Mario Party 9 and 10 sucked. Super Mario Party's pretty good, but it's not as good as 8. Yeah. Mario Party 8 is just, like, actually the peak of this franchise. It's so good. It's so much fun. I've played it a ton. And just, like, it is absolutely incredible. Like, there, there's nothing else to it. Like... Are you, like, can you accept that? Like, that's true. That's just, like, a fact, right? I'm just going to believe you. I've never played it. Sorry, what? I've, I've never played that game. We're, we're, we're fixing this at some point. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> like, we are fixing that at some point. Like, sorry to break it to you. Um, But, like, other than that, there's just, like, there's a lot of good games on this console, I think. I think this console gets a bad rep for having, like, bad games on it. But I think there's a lot of good games. Um, and this console is hard for me because you have to overcome the fact that they tried doing something way ahead of its time and the tracking is garbage. Yes, it is shit. But with that, Super Mario Galaxy is one of the best games of all time. I would no, I never played it. That's really disappointing. (laughs) I would strongly suggest you to buy the 3D collection and play it because then you get to play it without having to worry about the tracking because you get to use the gyroscope and the controller. And Mario Galaxy is in this really weird spot where it has HD textures in the base game, but the Wii isn't an HD system. So the original version of the game looks like a like looks like a Wii game, looks like garbage. And the remaster on the Switch that uses the exact same textures looks incredible. Like, looks almost just like Odyssey. Weird. Which is super weird. This game is actually, like, so good. It is 
possibly the best 3D Mario. I think, in my opinion, it's better than Odyssey. That's not everyone's opinion, but this game is just so good. It it does everything the 3D Mario's do well. Um, it just has everything about it. It has all of what's good about 64 without the problems of the controls being awful. Because like it's just controls fine because it's yeah. on a new console. It's not on a super old console. And like this game just is so good. And this game like. This game might just be the best singular game, like, based on the game's merits, not, like, the, um, like, Halo, where it's, like, a lot about the community and, like, the aspects around it. But, like, this might be the best singular game from this generation. Hmm. It's really good. I'll have to check it out. I do think Odyssey, just to touch on that for a second, is slightly overrated. That game, going back for moons, drags because it's a lot of the same thing over and over and over again, just on a different planet. I don't agree at all. I didn't find that at all. Yeah, I'm getting like hella bored getting the moons. I'm not going to lie. Maybe you're just bad. Get them faster. I mean, getting them really quick, but like, I don't know. And just go play Mario Party instead. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe, maybe you're just bad. You never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> we has like a whole bunch of weird things. Like, we was like a weird console where I feel like it's kind of the black sheep of Nintendo. It's the black sheep that sold a hell of a lot of consoles. Oh, it sold a hell of a lot. But like, looking back, I don't think, I think it's sold because of like what we talked about on the Nintendo handhelds. It's very palatable to kids. Yeah. And the sports game were, and sports games were huge. It also has the... Parents have the inclination that it's exercise for their kids. Yeah, like Wii Sports was huge. Everyone's grandma was sat there and played bowling with them at some point. You know? Yep. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> um, also, just like my last honorable mention, and this is mainly just from a franchise standpoint, uh, Monster Hunter Try. Game's really good. That's all I've got for you. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, next, PlayStation 3. Yes. You're not getting my answer. I'm not getting your answer? No. You're not going to... You're I not going like, to... No. As in, I don't know what it is? You, you, you have no idea. What's yours? Okay. I won't try then. Heavy rain. Easy. Full stop. No questions asked. That game's fun. The game's great. Heavy rain? Heavy rain. Heavy rain. Heavy rain. If they would just, like, make that game control better nowadays... Oh, it'd be great. Make it so you wouldn't have to hold down a trigger to a uh, walk. I bought that game on release date, by the way. I I really like Heavy Rain a lot. It didn't make it though because like it does have some issues, but I I love that game. I probably also have way more experience on a PlayStation Three than you do. To be fair, like I've played a lot more, so I think this was a lot experience harder. Experience on a PlayStation Three wouldn't play wouldn't change the sensor. Yeah. I mean, I, I have played I have played almost all of the good games on PlayStation 3, and it doesn't change anything. Um, one, I do want to actually, uh, I do want to bring up, this is a super weird game, and I don't know if you'll know it, um, but Journey. I know Journey, yes. Journey is this, like... If you haven't played it and you have like a PS Now or whatever it is, it's on there. You can go back and play it. It's this game that isn't as great now because of the way that like the extra parts and like interacting with the world worked. 
where you can like see other people in effects. But still just like very cool experience. It's like not like a super insane gameplay, but it's just like it's this super sweet game that you just like walk through and it's like a walking simulator, but it's just like be- beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just like th- th- there's a couple games like this that like it's not about the gameplay. It's just like the game is really good. And it's just like it's something you sit down and it's kind of an experience. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do honorable mentions for PlayStation 3 because it'd be too long. It'd be like 20 games for me, to be honest. Like, like Oblivion would be on there because I played that game for like a thousand hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's totally fair. Yeah, we don't need to do honorable mentions for everything. It's just like that's a game that is very different instead of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I picked my most played game on PlayStation 3, which I like that, like consistently I played this game like for years. Gran Turismo 5. I played so much Gran Turismo 5. I didn't realize how much I'd played it until I went back right before PS3 4 came out and looked at my garage and realized it was worth 40 billion dollars. Oh, I played this game so much. I think it's probably just the best Gran Turismo game still. I don't think sport uh, adds to what I like. And I think six misfired on a lot of stuff. I'm really hoping the PlayStation 5 Gran Turismo game is good because I've actually been playing Gran Turismo games since PS1. I've actually played every single one now. And I still think this is the definitive game. The fact that you also have A spec, B spec mode. So you have when you're racing as A spec and then B spec is you actually being a pit boss and actually like directing the driver. So the AI is driving and you get to like dictate how they drive, when they swap out, when they should be switching oil and tires out. And there were some like 24 hour marathon races with that that are like really sweet. I really like them. I did every single marathon race with you driving in there in like one shot. And one of them, I think, was like 12 hours. Which that's a grind. That That is a grind I've ever heard of one. But it's just like the game was just a really good. It felt fun to play. It had so much good technical work to it that was still approachable. And I don't think it got too far into the technical aspect like some of the later series has gotten now. So it's just like it's an oddball pick, but I think it, as far as exclusives go, this this takes it on PlayStation three, even over the God of War games. That's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I, I don't think that like I wouldn't have thought of either of the God of War games on PS3 because mm-hmm. I, I think there are a fair number of good games. And that's like. Ta- like ignoring the fact that there's a whole bunch of like Call of Duties and stuff like that, which like. If you like Call of Duty, you like Call of Duty. There is not a single yeah. Call of Duty that should be in the conversation as the best game on any console. Yeah, that's why I particularly <laughs> that's why I particularly picked exclusives too, because then it got me away from the multi-platform games. Yeah. Um, as we're like rounding out kind of this generation, before we go into your Vita pick, uh, I do want to honorable mention one game that was available on both of these consoles, both uh, Xbox 360 and PS3, Dishonored. Ooh, yeah, Dishonored's so good. I know we've talked about Dishonored a little bit before. This game is just, like, absolutely incredible. It is, like, probably the be-all, end-all for RPGs to a great extent. Um, 
it doesn't have like the same sort of freedom that you get in something like Fable to do whatever you want, but the way in which your actions impact the game is unprecedented. Yeah. No, nothing else does it. And like F- Fable ha- Fable does a really good job of your actions interacting with like ha- or affecting how you interact with people. But this your interactions have like a very big impact on how you have to interact and play the game. Yes. Which is just so cool. Yeah, no, Dishonored definitely deserves a mention. It's it is still one of my favorite games. The game's so bloody good. Yeah. And, like, the reason I bring it up is because, like, I could put it over Heavy Rain, and I could probably put it over Halo as well if it wasn't for, like, the community around Halo, but it's a multi-platform game. I don't feel right putting it in either of those spots. Yeah. But I do want to bring it up. Fair. So, now I'm on to Vita. So, you've never yes. you've never owned a Vita. I have literally, I don't think I've ever touched a Vita. Yeah. So, this is mine. This is going to be straightforward. It's the best game ever made and the definitive version of it. Final Fantasy Tactics, The War of the Lions. So the big difference with this and why I put it here and on the other things is War of the Lions was a PSP release that you can play on Vita. The Vita runs it a little bit better. The load times are definitely a lot better on Vita. And the big thing is this included a bunch of extra classes and the rewritten dialogue that the original release doesn't have. War of the Lions edition gives you more of an old English feel, which is kind of cool. Like the dialogues is way better. The additional classes also add more diversity to people who've played the original PlayStation release and gave you some of the classes that you literally saw in the game. Somebody was a Black Knight, but you could never be a Black Knight. Only that character could be. And it allows you to kind of branch off into these other classes. I think it is just the definitive version of the game. At Vita as a whole, though, I think the big downfall of a Vita is it's too big. It's like it. I think it. if it was a little bit smaller and didn't have the stupid touchscreen for controls and just had a set of shoulder buttons on each side rather than one each, it could have done way better. Like, I'm not going to defend the Vita. It's not the best made thing ever. I have it because there's very particular games on there. that are incredibly good. Like if you have a Vita and you like RPGs, you should just play persona Four golden. It's probably like majority of people's favorite game on Vita. And that's where you play it. You just play it on Vita. And there's a lot to be said for Sony trying something, but it, they missed the mark. And I think Vita could have done better if they didn't just leave it out to die. But they definitely did. Like, they stopped supporting it. They stopped updating the UI years ago, and they don't care. And shout out to, like, uh, Lilymo Games, who's still putting games out on Vita, which I think is sweet. Like, Twin Breaker is on Vita, and Habroxia 2 that's coming out soon is on Vita, which I think is really cool. And there's a lot of cross-buy options on Vita. So if you have a, like, PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation 4 and a Vita... You can go through your download list and look for cross buys. And it's definitely something I suggest if anyone has one, it hasn't like really dug in yet. Plus, you could hack the ever loving shit out of a Vita if you're that kind of guy. <laughs> on the on the uh, topic of handhelds being too big, uh, can we talk about the 3DS? That thing's got some booty on it. 
It it does have some booty. On it. <laughs> have you played much 3DS? I have not. I have played my kids' VD 3DS and played someone else's VDS um uh, 3DS for a bit. I keep saying VBS. That's like Vacation Bible School. What's wrong with me? It's Vacation Bible <laughs> School. I was confused. <laughs> but yeah, you know, 3DS is kind of a blind spot to me. Just quick and dirty. Obviously, for me, it's just Pokemon X and Y. That's all I've really played on it. But it's just kind of a cop-out answer because I never even actually beat it. But I was just like, these games were fun. I just want to have a mention. (laughs) You can take it away from here. Yeah, 3DS is actually... My 3DS talk isn't going to be long. But 3DS has the exact same issue that I brought up with the DS. You are trying to release console games to to a handheld. And they just feel inferior. And the other issue is like... 3DS, like, marketed itself as having this, like, 3D option, which sucked. And I know for myself, I literally never turned on. Mm. And almost every game on the 3DS would function the exact same way with one screen. So now you just have, like, a massive amount of girth where, like, you could have just given me a console the same size as a Game Boy Advance and it would have done the same thing. Which is, like, I didn't like... Um, the one game, and this game is a little bit odd, but it's a game that, like, stands out to me because I've owned a 3DS and I've played a lot. Mario and Donkey Kong Minis on the Move. Do you have any what idea what this game is? fuck is that shit? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a Mario and Donkey Kong game, and it's basically a puzzle game where you control, like, miniature Marios and have to, like, guide them through levels. And it's just, like... It is the only game that I felt like made a reasonable use of the touchscreen without feeling clunky and like just was a fun time. And it's like, it's, it's just, it's the only game that stands out to me from this console. I don't have anything super, super flashy to say about it just because I think this console was pretty just blah overall. But I mean, if you have a 3DS and are looking for the game, it's the one I'm going to suggest to you. I don't think you should buy a 3DS to play it, but I mean... You probably have one sitting in your closet that you haven't touched in three years. <laughs> I know I do. Hell yeah. Okay. So I imagine the big three are going to be this PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Let's get this Wii U one out of the way. Because I don't think you've never... <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the police car. Wii U, Wii U, Wii U. Exactly. I want you to go first. I have something on this one. Okay, wait, wait. I want to ask that. Have you played much Wii U? I'm actually just curious. I played it when you let me borrow it, and I've played it at the card shop down the hill from us. So, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple games on this that are really interesting. Um, I have, like, my answer, and I have a couple I want to mention. Just because this console has a lot of games that are middling, and I don't think any of them are, like, the definitive, like, like the big cheese. But so... If you're a fan of, like, action games, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, X is very good on this console. Uh, If you... I think that Wind Waker HD is actually an upgrade on the original Wind Waker, which doesn't happen very often, where the remake's actually better. I prefer playing Wind Waker on the Wii U, and as such, I think it's one of the best games. Pikmin 3 is fantastic if you do not have access to Pikmin 1 or you want to play two-player, and the two-player offering in this game is very good. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of like challenge levels that actually have like a score system to them. And on the original Reese, they were too easy to like 
gold. So they introduced a fourth difficulty to each of the levels, and going back and trying to get those was a pain in the ass. But the, the best game on Wii U has to just be Mario Kart 8. Hell yeah. Mario Kart 8, sweet. Like, it's it's the definitive kart racer. It's, like, probably one of the best games to couch game right now. Especially considering it's now been re-released on Switch. Because apparently we can't get a new version on Switch. We just have to get 8 rehashed again. Hell yeah. So. Yeah, it's just, Wii, Wii U feels like a filler console to me. Like, Wii U just feels like it has marginally upgraded Wii games. And then Switch is where it actually feels like Nintendo took a bit of a jump. Mm-hmm. So, my Wii U pick. Okay, I have, I have an honorable mention and then I have my pick. Honorable mention is Bayonetta. Because I actually really like Devil May Cry a lot. And it's very similar in gameplay. And I really want to get in play through the Bayonetta games more. I, I've played some Bayonetta on Wii U. I really liked it. I probably got like a good eight hours into it, so I got close to finishing it. So it's kind of an honorable mention. Uh, my Wii U game is Breath of the Wild. Wait, actually? I'm buying Breath of the Wild. I kind of miss it. So this is a thing where I'm going to replay this game as a survival game. More so. And stop thinking that it's Zelda. And I, the reason I have it on here is not because I think it's some like land, landmark amazing game. I think it just started a lot of our discussion on what we both like in games and kind of gave birth to this podcast being a thing. I could actually definitely. I see think that. this helped us get here into doing this. And I like no matter how many people listening to this, this is just fun. And I hope that you hate mm-hmm. if you have a handful of people think it's interesting listening to us talk about random shit like this game helped us get us there. So I yeah. over Christmas break, I think I'm going to start playing this game and buy the Switch version of it. Because the Wii U just feels really weird to me to hold any controller with that. And I actually kind of like the Switch controller now. So I'm going to go over that. So Breath of the Wild is my game. You tried the Wii U Pro Controller, right? Yes. Okay. It's, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It, it's not as good as any other controller no. on the market. And the game will obviously just look better fine. on Switch, too. So I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm gonna, for sure. So I wanted, I wanted to give that game some love. I'm, I'm warming up to it um, a bit. If you if you do actually go through that game, the DLCs are actually worth playing, okay. which is really interesting. I'll look into there it. are two DLCs to that game that are actually worth playing, in my opinion. Okay. So, now that we've gone past this Wii U, we have PlayStation Four. I mean, okay, I okay. Let's just let, let's get number one out of the way and talk honorable mentions. Go. It's just God of War. If you say anything but God of War, you're dead to me. I have two games tied for different reasons. Now, this has changed. I have two games. Two games. Did you not have God of War there to begin with? God of War was here. And I knew it was going to be on here, but there's an there's an addendum to this now. It's not better than God of War, but it's here for a reason. Okay. So let's get God of War out of the way first. And I'm just going to tease you. Obviously, we've talked about God of War a ton. It, God of War is the best game of all time. Yeah, it plays great. The story is amazing. The items are the item system works really well. It's not overly complicated because it shouldn't be in this kind of game. Like we all want the new God of War game like now. The, the game is just gorgeous in every way. And the fact the story like doesn't end for like 40 hours after you beat the game is insane. 
I accepted that I was buying a PS4 for God of War. Yeah. I was willing to pay $600 to pay, play God of War, and I was happy about it. I'd used my PS4 for others, for, for other things, but I bought it for God of War. And when I finished God of War before playing literally anything else, I was like, this purchase was justified. Mm. That's just how good that game is. Agree. And I'm not advocating for everyone to go out and spend $600 to play just God of War. That is a me-specific thing. You don't have to do that. But, if, but for me... But if you see it on sale, you know, like a Boxing Day sale or something, we're not saying don't go spend the money if it's on sale. <laughs> I mean, if you are someone who enjoys, like, story-based games, and if you, like, if you want something challenging, I think it is up there in difficulty with Dark Souls when you complete it on the like on the higher difficulty. And I think it is actually a better hard than Dark Souls, yes. but that's an opinion thing. Yeah. But like if that's what you're into, play it. Yeah. Like this I I would I would pay like if I wasn't me, cuz I get that I'm a little bit of a, an anomaly. I feel like if I was more normal, I would pay $150 to play this game and feel good about yeah. it. I don't expect every person to be like, oh yeah, I'll spend $600 to play one video game. I get that. But like, this game is worth it. Like, if you if you have a way to play it, if you have a PS4 or a PS5, and you haven't played it, just do it. Mm-hmm. Actually, just do it. The game's so good. <sighs> so we all know what it is? I mean, I have a couple, like, I have a couple games I want to talk about on PS4. Yeah? So what do you want to talk about? I'm gonna, we're going to tease out by... No, no, I, no, 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 I want to no, tease, no, tease it. No, I want to tease it. No, I want to tease it. I want to tease it. I want yours so I can flame you for thinking something was on the same level as God of War. Okay. So, this is a game you haven't played yet and that you want to play and that we've talked about that I have purchased this game again so we can play it on PC together. And when this game came out... It was kind of like, I really liked it. I wasn't sure I felt about it. Then we got locked down. And then Death Stranding had a new meaning to me when I started playing it. Because the whole game is about how people are locked down in their houses and you're just this delivery guy trying to connect people together. And you like rarely see people in the game. Most everyone's a hologram. When you go deliver packages to someone's house, you just drop it at their stupid door and they're just a hologram. You don't actually see them. The feeling of loneliness and loss in that game now and the just being out there on your own. If the game affects me in a different way now when I play it. I think Death Stranding is the most underrated game of all time now. I think. That game was misunderstood when it came out, and I understand why like people like were off of it. If you have the chance, just put on the easiest mode possible so it's not so awkward to do the combat in the game when it comes up, and walking's easier. But with everything going on, with everyone being separated right now, that game has a new meaning. I think that story is incredible. I think the inventory system in that game, too, is incredible. Because everything you carry, you're carrying it on you. Like, you see the items on your character, and I think it's awesome. But it just has this weird symbolism to me now about, like, everything going on now and just wanting to get reconnected with people, and, like, people are afraid to. You know, and people are just scared about 
being around anybody in that game, just like a lot of people are now in real life. And that game also has a moment that's really cool for people that have experienced loss, like no spoilers here, but like particularly for women that have felt loss in a particular way. And it's like something that has affected like my immediate family within the last couple of years. And the, the amount of respect shown in that game in that particular section was like breathtaking. Like I stopped, I put my controller down and paused my game after the cutscene, which just like needed a second. So I, th- I think that stranding while not necessarily as good of a game as God of War deserves a lot more credit than it was given. So I just wanted to shout that game out. Oh, I will. As someone who hasn't played it and knows a rudimentary amount about it, I will agree with that. Hmm. I just, I can't put it on the same level as God of War, but that game deserves everything it gets and way more for everything that it is. Yeah. So. Fuck, how do I follow that up? With with a funny and joke. games I want to talk about, but now those feel inferior. You know, I, I warned you, you know. Okay, we're just going to roll with it. We're just going to roll with it. Um, <laughs> just make like my parents and get the awkward out of the way, you know. Just get your boyfriend over here, take all your shit and leave, and then just keep going. <laughs> I actually <clears throat> I really I, li- I like what you said about how it showed a lot of respect and it had like kind of some tact about how it wants to tackle these bigger problems there's a game on PS4 that I want to bring up that I think should have been better but is held back a little bit by not having the same tact and respect and that's Detroit Ooh, yeah I knew right when you started that I knew you were going to talk about Detroit and like Detroit's really good. Like, I put it on my top 10. I love the game. I've played... Like, I literally almost have completed the flowchart and seen every single scene in that game because I love it so much. But the game is just hold back, held back just a little bit from greatness because it tries to... Like, uh, the game is about, like, social issues and stuff like that. But... Rather than focusing on the story they're telling, they're focusing on the issue they want to talk about, if that makes sense. Where mm-hmm. where suddenly you have these situations where it feels like it's forced to be relevant to whatever politics they want to be talking about. Like, this isn't just a Detroit thing, but Detroit is a game that I think should have been better. Yeah. So my opinion here, too, with this, if you want to make a game and you want to make a point, make the fucking point and have the balls to say what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you want to talk about race, if you want to talk about gender issues, any of this stuff, have the balls to put it out front. Like Detroit, I, I agree. Like, it takes away a little bit from like the cool talk about like AI and like whether like an artificial intelligence should be like considered a life and all this stuff because it has other issues in it. And like even like the scenes with that involve like abuse and everything are a little off because they're trying to do something else at the same time where heavy rain didn't have that issue. It was just heavy rain. Yeah. And I think like, I think there's a lot of games that have these kind of underlying lessons that can like be transmitted, like beyond, for example, (laughs) like if we want to talk about the third quantum dream game beyond deals with a lot of this shit, but it never feels like it's dealing with it for the purpose of bringing it up. Mm. If that makes sense. Where it feels like they're telling a story and the story happens to deal with it. Whereas Detroit has situations where it feels like it's 
trying to bring up something for the sake of bringing it up and it feels forced. Yeah. And side note, like Silent Hill is a series that classically has the main character going through this horrific situation that's based on something they actually had to deal with or like something they did. And they've done a very good job of being straightforward about that. Like when people find out what the nurses and Pyramid Head and all these people, what they actually mean and they tell you in the game, it's awesome. Like they're they're approaching the gameplay in such a way in the story that they're just saying what they mean. Like, no, like this guy did this. Like, there you go. And not trying to like half ass it. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's really interesting, because, like, if you look at other games that I think try to make, like, the same kind of ideas about, like, political things and things like that, like, something like Papers, Please is saying a lot about that kind of government and what, like, that kind of authority and stuff can do to people, but it never feels like it's out of place to the storyline. It's another thing, like, for all I rag on Last of Us 1, nothing feels out of place in that game. Like, it doesn't feel like they're trying to they're trying to make a point that doesn't fit with the storyline. And I'm not against you making a point. I just, if you're making a point, make it with the story. Don't make it to spite the story. And that was two. last of us. Part two just hammers it into your face at the beginning. And it, it feels awkward because it doesn't feel like that it relevant to what's going on in the game. And it feels shoehorned, which I'm totally fine with them bringing up whatever issues they want. But if you shoehorn it a bit, it's just, it doesn't hit the right way or something like what remains of Edith Fitch is like an amazing game that brings up a lot of amazing points and does a very, very, very good job of it. Yeah. That's yeah. Edith Finch is a great example of it deals with everything under the sun, not like actually everything, but like a lot of shit. But none of it feels out of place and everything feels respectful and tactful, mm-hmm. which is just something that like brings Detroit back a little bit for me. Yeah. But to, to get onto a little bit of a lighter note, um, on PS4, I also want to mention Horizon because Horizon is so like it's extremely close to God of War and everything about Horizon is fantastic. And Horizon combines a combat system that is extremely difficult to do combat similar to like the ideas that you see in monster hunter where there's some puzzle aspects to a fight versus just like twitch reactions and stuff like that where twitch reactions still help but there's the additional like forethought and getting things prepared and stuff like that with like its inventory management which i think is the best of a game of that style where you have to like where you can craft on the fly but like resources actually feel tight for a lot of the game And that game is just, like, absolutely incredible at that and manages to combine this combat and, like, inventory that's extremely difficult to do with one of the best stories in modern gaming. Yeah. The only only thing that holds Horizon back from being, like, a big mention for me on PS4 is I hate the menus in that game with a passion. Like, inventory management in that game drives me nuts. Everything else about that game is just incredible, though. I agree. Horizon's fantastic. And shout out to them for their story mode difficulty. That allowed my uh, eight-year-old to like start playing through that game because it's like really easy on story mode, and she actually really likes the fact that it's a very strong female character who doesn't get rescued by some dude and have to go like get married or have a relationship in the game. It's just a nice, good female character that both my daughters love, and I really like that about that character. Yeah, and I think, like, I think the story difficulty is a really interesting thing, because, like, God of War has it as well. I haven't 
I, I don't have any experience with the God of War story. Oh, it's before. hilariously easy. It's awesome. Yeah, and like <laughs> I, I like that that's an option because like I, I've told people this about God of War too, and I honestly say pretty close to the same thing about Horizon. You could watch these as a movie. Yeah. God of War especially. I think you can sit there and watch God of War like you'd watch a movie. My girlfriend did. She she was with me the entire time I played that game and saw the whole thing front to back and never picked up the controller. She just thought the story was cool and she'd never seen the other God of War games. She did the same thing with Horizon too, actually. Yeah, and that's just like games that have that storyline and the gameplay come together that well are very few and far between. So it's absolutely incredible that PlayStation 4, like PS4 had two of them. For sure. And I wonder if PS5 will follow up with also having two of them with both uh, Forbidden West and Ragnarok. I, I hope so. I really do. Okay. Now now we got to get in. Sorry. Did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to bring up on PS4? I mean, the console's great. Everything's great on that console. All hail PS4. Oh, uh, <laughs> I actually... um, One other game... Because this one was like... This one was closer than I would like to admit. Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. That game is so if you good. Just want some, some shoot 'em up, have some fun, chill out gameplay. I I don't know if there's a game better. That game had one thing missing from it that I wish it had, and that was just let somebody like two player. Just let somebody play as Clank. That game would have been perfect if you could have played it with two people. You have like your kids play it or whatever. Like that would have been perfect. Apparently, the new game might have a two-player component. That would be awesome. I would be so in for two-player. Uh, the one other thing that that game could give you is something that's actually challenging. Oh, yeah. The game's stup- stupid easy. The game's, like, <laughs> stupid easy. And, like, I would like to see something that at the end of, like, playthrough three, if I'm platinuming it, when I have everything maxed, I can go and challenge this big boss and have my get my shit kicked in. That would be sweet. With all of my maxed gear. That would be cool. And I know it's it's not really what Ratchet & Clank is for. I get it. It's probably not going to happen. But that would just be a cool thing to have. For sure. Or if, like, if you had a difficulty of the game where everything's toned to max level weapons. So you get to play with all of your upgrades and have the game be challenging. That could be sweet. Yeah. Um, Now before we uh dump, jump into the uh, barren wasteland that is good Xbox One exclusives... Mm. Um, I want to touch on my honorable mention for these two consoles, which is uh, Shadow of Mordor. Ooh. Shadow of Mordor is a game that technically came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Don't play it on them. Play it on a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One X or a Series X if it gets forward ported, because that game is beautiful and you have to like turn down the graphics so far on Xbox on Xbox 360 and PS3 that it's just not worth it. Hmm. But that game is a ton of fun. The combat is the combat is really enjoyable and it has a very satisfying like finisher mechanic that most games mess up, but this game managed to make like its finisher super satisfying and fun to play with. And the storyline of the game is kind of meh. But there's this whole mechanic that you get exposed to in the game where you have to, like, take down Sauron's army. So you have to, like, target specific captains in the army to gain intel on other commanders and shit and, like, work your way up the ranks. And when you mess up and make mistakes, like, they can promote orcs and replace the missing links in their army. I'm not gonna lie, 
haven't finished the story of that game, got like halfway through until this was opened, and then like spent like 30 hours just hunting down these individual captains. That's sweet. And it's one of the most cool and satisfying systems I've ever played. Just a ton of fun. Nice. So Xbox One. So I have a good pick. I have a good pick for this. Okay. I have what I think is the like only good Xbox One exclusive of this generation. Okay. So you know like when you have a you have a table, okay? And like okay. the legs aren't even, so it makes this kind of noise. Yeah. yeah. So if you put your Xbox One underneath the leg, it balances it. And that's the best use oh, of an shit. Xbox One. Like, it just, it, it's really solid. You know, it helps balance out your furniture really well. You know? And I don't know if anything else really does it the way the Xbox One does. You just take that brick shit house of a console and you just shove it into your furniture and you just, you're having a better life. And I appreciate that. Shout out to Microsoft. That That's some good multitasking. All right, memes aside, if you have absolutely no interest in any exclusives and you only want to play Call of Duty and Battlefield and Blu-rays, Xbox One is superior to PS4. You think so? Yes. If you want to touch a single game outside of cross-platform games, you don't touch an Xbox One. It's not good. Mm-hmm. If if there is literally not a single PS4 exclusive you would want to play, Xbox is better, the Xbox One is better, because it functioned as a home entertainment system. And it did that well. That being said, there is only one good Xbox One exclusive. And, like, it still doesn't compare to any of the PS4 ones, and that's Gears 5. See, I haven't, I haven't played Gears 5 yet. I'm a bad boy. I need to catch up. It's just another Gears game. Like, if you make if you make me pick like an Xbox game for one, it it's probably the new Forza game. I actually put a little bit of time into it on Game Pass, and it's actually pretty fun. I really like the Forza game, but you know, I'm just gonna play Gran Turismo if I want to play that kind of game. And that's a preference thing, right? So it's like I literally can't justify owning an Xbox One despite me liking controllers more than keyboard and mouse for a lot of games because there's just not enough. I don't have the volume. Oh, caveat, the Xbox One controller is the best controller we've ever seen. Uh, it's better than PS5 controllers. Hmm. I don't know. I actually think the Xbox One controller is the best controller we've ever seen. And that's going to be my one caveat to this console not being very good. The only thing this console had going for it was Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Which is no longer but an exclusive. But that game's on Switch and PC. Yeah, it's not an exclusive anymore. Oops. <laughs> so. Awkward turtle. Sorry to break it to you. Hope you do better on Series X. Like, give me a good Halo game, not the disaster that was five. And. Can we do that and one? <laughs> not the Halo game we saw in that trailer. Craig the Brute does not need to be in our lives. Please give us a better looking game. Oh, no, no, no. Whoa, 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 wait. They, they, they can win the console war. Yeah. Fable 4 is coming to this console. In like five years? I mean, <laughs> like, if Fable 4 comes to this console, to me, 
if that game brings us back to Fable 1, just does it with all the bells and whistles that you can have nowadays, it very well might win the console. Just, just don't lie. You're going to be playing it on PC. Shh. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. <laughs> I will. I, I'm going to say I'm going to say the same thing I said to you about the PS5. I will buy an Xbox One if my exclusivity window for Fable 4 is six months. Yeah. Or an Xbox Series X. If, if I had to wait six months to play it on PC, I will buy an Xbox One, a Series X. Which you won't. It'll be on, it, it'll be on PC. If it's, if it's on PC day one, I'm not touching the yeah. console. Like, like, I haven't bought Which, a PlayStation like, 5 honestly, yet because I'm waiting for Ratchet. Honestly, net price, like, honestly... Microsoft will probably make more money off me releasing all of their games to PC than they will limiting them to consoles. Because if you were limiting them to consoles, I would probably buy a console and one game. Whereas now that they're all coming to PC, you're going to get my Game Pass monthly as well as probably six or seven games as they come out over the course yeah. of the So, anything else you want to say on your uh, table balancer? Uh... Why the hell does it still take batteries? Oh, the base controllers take batteries, don't they? They do. <laughs> I'm used to the I'm used to the extremely overpriced controller I bought cuz you know, I buy top of the line everything that comes with its own charging box. So Yeah, like I forgot about that. Part. I understand PlayStation 4 controllers like over time their battery like definitely goes down in length. But at least I don't have to buy like double A's. Like fuck yeah. that shit. So, now we're on to the last one. The most recent console. Obviously, we're not doing PS5 and Xbox Series X. Neither of us have touched There them. also aren't any... There's ex- no games There aren't yet. any exclusives on either system there yet aren't besides Demon's Souls. There's literally nothing to talk about. Yeah, it's about. literally just Demon's Souls. I played Demon's Souls on PlayStation 3. Oh, okay. Okay, so, w- wait, Josh. What? Josh, what's the best game on PS5 right now? Right now? It's Demon's Souls. Yeah. Well, well, well okay, okay, okay. Okay, there we go. We did PS5. Yeah. Uh, Xbox Series X has zero exclusives. Okay, we're done. Yeah. All right. Now let's jump back to the most recent console that came out, barring those two. Nintendo Switch. <sighs> I have I have two games I want to talk about on this one, but the one who's been playing Switch recently, I want to hear what you've got for me. Because your Switch is new, really. Yeah, like Switch is decently new for me. I already own 10 games. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. You have a problem. Okay. This is going to be tough. I got to dig deep. I got to dig deep. Okay. Everyone take your children. Have them leave the room because I've, I've got to, I've got to get this out. Nintendo. I love you. I want you to cradle me in your arms. What you have done to your game. Smash Ultimate is the best fucking fighting game out there, and it's not close. And everyone should take your Tekken and Street Fighter games, throw them into the street, and light them on fire in a pentagram so you can hope that the executives who made those games somehow get sent to the deepest layers of hell for the greedy-ass fucking ways that they make these games now. Smash Ultimate has a bigger roster than any fighting game out there. It has none of it behind microtransactions unless they're characters from other games that you have to nichely care about. And they're done at a cheaper price point than Tekken and Street Fighter are. Smash Ultimate is fucking incredible. Smash was shipped with a bigger roster than any of these games. And the only characters that cost money are games that the characters that were added after the yeah, fact. Yeah, it's... 
That's four times as many characters as, as Tekken and Street Fighter are. And the game just has insane amount of game modes. I didn't know. Like, I've only played Smash Ultimate a couple times prior to me buying it. I didn't realize how big Spirit Board was. I didn't realize Classic Mode was in it. I didn't realize there was a level creator. All the Smash rules and saved rule sets are insane. The fact that unlocking characters is actually fun because you have to fight them in order to unlock them, which is like really cool. The fact that you unlock stuff no matter what you're doing. No matter you could be just be playing multiplayer and eventually you unlock every character, which is like insanely good game design. The character balance feels pretty good. I still there's a couple characters that are kind of bullshit. Let's let's be real. But the game's like just so much fun. I love it. And it's the reason one of the reasons I want to get to switch is so I could like play a like couch fighting game that didn't cost me three hundred dollars down all the characters. And you know what? I'm going to buy all the fighter passes because you respected my money in the first place. And I just want to buy the fighter passes because I think you guys did a good thing. I I love my switch now, like a lot. I think the controllers are also really really smartly done now, now that I've actually had it for a bit because they're small enough for a kid to use them, especially like a very young kid to use it, the controllers, but the thing's wide enough with them put together that, you know, like for the most part, somebody's hands can be somewhat comfortable, but at least you have a pro controller option. You know what I mean? And I mean, I do think the pro controller, barring the fact that it's like really light, which I don't like, I don't like how light they feel. Mm -hmm. Um, in comparison to like the Xbox uh, One controllers, or the well, PS4 of course the Xbox One controllers are heavy. They have AA batteries in them. I mean, I mean, <laughs> your rechargeable battery is the same weight, but or your your rechargeable battery is going to be the same fucking weight, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I actually I would play with a Switch like Pro controller over a base Xbox One controller. Ooh. I actually think I think it's the second best controller on the market, and I think it's only second to the elite Xbox controller, which no reasonable human being should ever buy a three hundred dollar controller. Yeah. I have an honorable mention for Switch too. Um, I think if you're gonna play Hades and you have a Switch, you should buy it on Switch because the game actually feels good undocked, which I didn't expect. I've actually been kind of playing it handheld half the time now. And it kind of feels good because it's a very simple control scheme. And just the quick reaction buttons are placed on a place on the controller where it feels good to use them. So I don't know, like I've actually been joining it handheld. Like I think the switch just it's, it's hitting me. It's hitting me right now. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah, the switch is like honestly the switch is insane and I know a lot of people that like for a lot of games that are cross-platform, have just wound up playing them on Switch because the portability is so nice. Yeah, like we own Diablo on PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PC, and Switch, and we're just playing it on Switch now. Yeah. Because, like, one of us can just go level our character up somewhere else while somebody's busy. Or, like, if, like, yeah, the kid's sure. playing, watching TV, we can just go level up a character somewhere with the Switch. It's great. Yeah, and I think, I think it's just, like, Switch just does what it does really well. And, like, I would love to see a Switch with a little bit more oomph behind mm. it. 
maybe like a Switch that can go up to 4K or whatever, kind of keep yourself in line with, or a Nintendo console that goes up. But like, the thing with Nintendo is it's always, they've always been a little bit behind on hardware, but they hold themselves up based on just releasing incredible games. Yeah. And even too with the, with 4K, the way the Nintendo games look, like a lot of their flagship games, like having it in 4K wouldn't be that much better. Like for a lot of the, them. The big difference, the big difference with a, increasing your power on Nintendo games isn't actually going up to 4K resolution. It's actually being able to rework your lighting engines is actually what makes the big difference. Because yeah. the, their lighting engines are very basic on Switch and you can improve those a lot. And you've seen that a lot with like tech demos. I don't know if you remember like the PS5 tech demo of Unreal mm-hmm. Engine. Like that, like the lighting system in that is absolutely insane. And that's the kind of shit that you can really like push the envelope on with new hardware that would actually make a difference to kind of these typical Nintendo yeah. games. Um, no, Switch was actually, Switch was really hard for me because there's a lot of games on Switch that I just think are good, but they aren't like Switch exclusives. And like, I would advocate of getting a Switch to every, anyone. And like, if you're the type of person who likes Animal Crossing, New Horizons is really good. Animal Crossing is somehow not really my thing. I haven't really understood it, honestly. I'm also not a fan of playing for an early access game at full price, but that's besides the point. Um, But there's just, like, a lot of games. Like, I would play through, like, if I was looking for places to play some of my favorite games, like Bastion and Ori and that kind of stuff now, it would probably just be on Switch. Yeah. And, like, I think that's totally fair. Um, But for my pick... Sorry, did you actually state your pick? Yeah, it's Smash close? Ultimate. Smash. Not, not Smash. even close. The game's insane. Yeah, yeah, Smash. Like, Smash is super good. And um, I have a runner-up that I want to talk about, uh, which is a little bit of a niche game. A lot of people probably don't know about it. It's called Cadence of Hyrule. I have no idea what this is. Uh, do you know what Crypt of the Necker Dancer is? Yes. Okay, so Cadence of Hyrule... I believe is made by the same team as Crypt of the Necrodancer. I'm going to double check that I have that correct. This is the, the double check in uh, music. Sometimes we got to double check because we don't want to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. So Brace Yourself Games is the double check. Uh, it, Brace Yourself <laughs> Games is the developer. Damn. Uh, and they also did Crypt of the Necrodancer. And Cadence of Hyrule is a... Like an action, like a tile-based action game. So it's in real time and you like move around on like a tiled grid and you have to like fight off enemies like an RPG. Very similar to what like a lot of old Zelda games kind of felt like. Obviously it's tile-based so it's a little bit different. But the entire game is in, is based to music. So you can only move on the beat. And if you, if you like miss a beat or move off of the beat, you take damage. Okay. And it's extremely unique. It's a super cool thing. And like, it's just, it's something that I don't think it's the best game on this console, but it is so cool where it is a rhythm game, which I'm a really big fan of rhythm games like Rock Band, Guitar Hero, all that kind of stuff. But it's a rhythm game that's somehow also like a an action game, which is just super cool. And it's very unique. And it's something I would suggest to people to play if that's something that sounds like it interests you. It won't be the thing for everybody, but it is really cool and really interesting. On that note of rhythm-based game here with this, I suggest you look into the game 
Patapon. Patapon? Patapon. It is on PlayStation 4. They just recently re-released Patapon Remastered. I can't remember if it's one or two. You should look into this. Okay. It is kind of sweet. I will look into this. No, but Cadence of Hyrule is just, it's really cool. It's really interesting. And I just, I really like it. And as I said, I'm not going to call it the best game on this console. I just think it's really cool. It's also really interesting because this is one of the only times that we have seen Nintendo allow one of their IPs to be done by a third-party developer. Which is great. Because this is a developer that isn't Nintendo, but they they were given full permission to use the Legend of Zelda IP. Which is just like, we see it fairly commonly in other areas, but virtually never from Nintendo. Which was just kind of cool and kind of interesting. Yeah. But, the best game on Switch, there's a ton of games on Switch that are good, but... It's just got to be Odyssey, in my mind. I just think Odyssey is really good. I think, honestly, I think that all of the 3D Marios have been very good. And Odyssey just, like, it does everything that the 3D Marios do well. Hmm. I, I really like Odyssey. It's... It's slightly not there for me, but in a kind of, like, 9 out of 10 way. Or Smash to me is 10 out of 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I just... I, I played the game. Like, I played it through blind. Like, I knew nothing about the game and played it from start to all unique moons. So I have all 880. I'm not buying... I'm not grinding out coins for another 119 moons. That's stupid. <laughs> it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I don't need to max my counter that bad. But, like, I, I own all the outfits, and I've ground out to, like, all unique moons. And it's just really cool. And I think the thing that really pushes this game over the edge to me is the actual movement mechanics in this. And this is true with all of the 3D Marios. Are really cool when mastered. So it's a game that's really interesting to look at someone who's really good play it. And someone who, like, like even, like, speedrun tech and stuff like that is really interesting in this game and just winds up being really cool because of the unique way in which the movement is done and like the sweet things that you can use Cappy to do. And the fact that like vaults are a thing and all these different things just make the game really interesting and have a depth that games like this normally don't have. Yeah. Movement in the game is really sweet. I've gotten to the point where I feel like I'm pretty good at the movement and I've really gotten it down and it did change the game a lot because it's actually pretty easy to get anywhere for the most part. Once you get it down. So I I sat there practicing a lot of the uh, cap jumping and diving onto the hat and just a lot of the different techniques. And it the game's incredible. Like, it is very, very good. It does not beat out Super Mario World for me as my favorite Mario game, but it's probably like second. Um, And one thing that, like, I think Odyssey does really well is um the game is extremely open ended. And one thing that people who, like, play this game a lot have done is, like, bingo cards. So it's, like, a little bit of a niche thing, and you have to have a decent amount of knowledge about the game for it to be fun. But you just, you generate a bingo card, and then you have to complete a bingo line. So because the game's super open-ended, two people can take the same bingo card, and usually you race with it. So you race someone with it, and you start a new file. And two people can take the bingo card and do it completely different ways. Just because the game is super open-ended and it's not like there's a best way to do things. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see why you would pick 
Odyssey. The game is incredible. And I think I think that Nintendo Switch just has the thing again where like there's no game on Switch that's going to compete with God of War. But almost every single game on Switch is good. Yeah, there is a lot of good quality games on Switch. <laughs> so, we've done it. We've gone through all of these. It's a lot of games. Just 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 a few, just a few. Just a couple. At least 3 hours of going over games. No regrets. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I I enjoyed it. It was good. It's kind of interesting. There's a couple games that I'm surprised I didn't name on here, but I think that's because they're games that I don't associate to a like platform. Yeah. Same here, right? Like, like I said earlier, Hollow Knight's one we met. We just didn't have a platform for it. Yeah. You know. Same thing with like I don't have Bastion or Transistor on my mm-hmm. list because they're just everywhere. They're just everywhere. I own them on four platforms, so I can't, like, pick one to put them on. Yeah, for sure. Well, anything, any last words on this wonderful marathon recording today? No, I think that's pretty good. I think that's about it. A lot of games. If there's any games that you guys heard that you want to try out, go try them out. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to go do adult things. It's going to be awful. Ooh, yeah, ooh, for responsibilities. <laughs> I get to know from me, fam. <laughs> well, y'all have fun out there. Enjoy your December. I mean, I'm just gonna go recluse into my alter ego of the editor. So. Yes, excellent. Uh, I'm just gonna make a bunch of terrible noises then to here, and you can fix it in post. See, I'm gonna shovel some cards around. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bang this glass on this thing. Ah! There, can you please fix all that? <laughs>